Welcome back to Hey Kelly on Air. Today I have a special guest joining me, my amazing sister-in-law, Justice. We're diving into a raw and authentic conversation about supporting loved ones through substance abuse. Get ready for an open and honest discussion about the complexities of this journey. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's have a heartfelt and unfiltered conversation about the realities of navigating through it all. Okay, so hi. Hi. Thank you um, for being here. That feels so formal. I feel like that's what I like to tell people like, oh, thank you for being here. Um, Really, I would rather just say like, thanks for being an MVP in my life. Um, This is a special podcast because you, yeah, you just mean a lot to me um, for a lot of different reasons. But... um, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. Well, thank you. Um, I love you and I mm. love being here. Um, just crashing into your house whenever really is my specialty. Love it. Um, Continue. <laughs> so how I know Kelly is I dated her brother, Aaron Buman in high school, and now I am Justice Buman. Um, Ta-da! Yeah, <laughs> magic. My life has been rocky. And that's kind of what I'm here to talk about today is just like, dealing with family members who have substance abuse issues um growing up with my mother she probably has been addicted to opiates like i mean my entire life growing up and like among various other things but just the home situation life situation that she's put me through as a child to a teen has kind of impacted a lot and one of the real reasons why me and kelly are just each other's MVP and rocks is because in high school, I was in a little tricky situation, obviously dating her brother, and I moved into her house. Mm -hmm. So just that culture shock, really, because, I mean, Kelly lives her life by, like, gentle parenting, and, like, (laughs) there's always yummy food here, and, like, just, like, all the basic needs and even more are met here, and, like, that change to seeing like how I was raised versus how you're raising your children was just like I'm gonna need to like um hear that on repeat once once I I hear this sound I'm gonna just like make that a sound for myself because it's funny that you say that because you know you're talking about how all the all the basic needs and more are met and I'm going to sleep at night thinking about like man I could have done this better I could have done this better and Uh Sometimes it takes the outside perspective like, oh, I try to be so intentional and I love I love them and I love you so hard, like so hard. I would any any ounce of energy I have available and anything that I can take from anywhere else is put into um, not just surviving, but thriving. And I feel like a lot of our circumstances um, and your circumstances stem from survival and so I don't know call it overcompensation call it whatever you want to call it um but I think you're exactly right that there is like a culture shock inside of that Uh when the um twins first came to live with us through foster care I was not prepared for them to not be like openly ready to receive love from me. I was like, let me love you so much. And um, they were like, no, thanks. Um, Respectfully, no. (laughs) Keep your distance. And I remember at that time, a therapist had told me, um, 
you know, think about how warm and inviting um, a bubble bath is supposed to be and that this is supposed to feel so good and the environment's right and it, it sets you up for this time to just feel great temporarily at least. Um, but if you've never had a warm bubble bath or you've never had that experience, that can still be a scary experience. And so when I think culture shock, I also think that, that, you know, on the flip side of that, even having the the best of intentions and not always understanding why what I'm trying to give out is not always received, like, it can feel scary and it can feel different. And that's not to say um, that you've not received love before because you've re received so much love oh, in your life sure. by, you know, from so many different people um, in so many different ways. It was just that this particular way probably did feel kind of weird because you hadn't received it in that specific way before, just in the same way as them. So before you even get going further, something that's so unique about this situation is I have been so thankful for your perspective um, and also just like genuine love for me, for my kids. Um, being in our home, you experience the real us all the time. And I'd love to say I'm exactly the same all the time with all the people doing all the things. And I think actually, for the most part, I, I, I am. But um, you've seen the the ugliest pieces that we hide the best that we can. And you still show up and you still want to be a part of that. And that's special to me. Um, but also, I've been so thankful, especially now that my kids get to have you as an aunt. Um, because you, because of your situation, how you've grown up, who you are as an adult, who you were as a child, um, and the way that you have run with this and taken your experience to change your circumstances. Um, you offer this unique perspective that I will never be able to offer my kids, um, specifically the twins um, whose lives have been greatly impacted by a lot of the stuff that you're getting ready to talk about. And yeah, I've just been so thankful to have somebody so in our corner who also has walked through something that I have not personally walked through, that I, I will never be able to fill a certain void. And all I can do is educate myself and listen and try and, and empathize through whatever I'm hearing. So I'm excited to hear you talk. Um, I'm excited to hear what you want to talk about. And I think it's so important. And for people who have never walked closely um, through someone or through multiple people through addiction, I think it's easy to say, oh, this conversation is not for me. No, this conversation is especially for you um, because we all have so much to learn. And if it's not something that you've dealt with personally, then this should be an experience that you're you're making your own. And if it is something that you've walked through personally, oh, I'm excited to hear your perspective of how you you showed up you did the hard things you love people so so well and 
you've you've also figured out the boundary side of that, which is so, so tricky. You just you've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let you talk. Take it away. (laughs) I love that you ended on that because that's what I really want to harp on is that boundary aspect. So growing up, obviously, with my mom through, you know, her addiction, I always felt like even though I was a child, I had to take care of her. You know, so I always felt like if I don't do this, will my mom be okay? If I don't do that, well, or if I'm not with her, you know, what will happen? And it's like, I shouldn't have had to think that. Mm -hmm. I was a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, like I shouldn't have been the one to like worry about her, but I have. And so growing up as an adult, getting my own job, going to school, getting my own house, getting married, all these things were like so wonderful for me. But my mom, was still in her addiction phase and I have tried my best to be there and support her and just kind of like let her know that I loved her um try to build a relationship with her as an adult now and there was a point where you know I was living in my house doing my thing going to school and she was at a rough spot in her addiction and she went on the bender and a guy who I guess was like high on I don't even know like cocaine or whatever like trapped her in a room broke her ankle like beat her for a few days and that's when she finally she like snapped a little bit like we found her we had my uncle took her from the hospital to her house and she was like you know what I I need to get help I want to get help this is too much and we all were like yeah this is too much like you could have died you know and so we were all for like we need to help you we need to get her help And addiction in my family has kind of been like everyone deals with it a little bit differently. And I think that's just kind of how we were raised. And I I don't feel ashamed of it because I feel like in Northwest Indiana, addiction in some capacity, whether it's like pills or alcohol or whatever, Mm -hmm. is so prominent in our area. 100%. And I looked up um, some stats about it and there were, I have the number here, 7,000. 191 visits to the emergency department for overdoses Hmm. in 2020. And that's crazy. Like, that's not even like, I mean, that's so much, you know, so I think like this story impacts everyone. And absolutely. um, There, there's so much to say with that, but the, the numbers between Lake and Porter County are astounding. And I think that we think, um, that addiction doesn't touch everybody. It touches everybody. It does. Because it is, if if you are not actively involved with an addict, I promise you that somebody that you care about um, in your most inner circle is actively involved with somebody who's dealing with addiction. And I don't know if this comes from like, man, I see people And I feel for them. Um, And I could have easily been the person actively involved in addiction because so many of my life circumstances have caused me to reach out or to turn off the noise in whatever capacity. Um, And addiction runs, you know, in in my family. Um, And I've always thought, Had I not known that and had my parents not been honest with me about um, 
I mean, it sounds silly, but our bloodline that we are predisposed to um, addiction tendencies. Mm -hmm. And so I have always approached my life knowing that, man, I have sought adrenaline for as long as I can remember. And it was funny when I was a kid because my parents would say, oh, you would do the craziest things. And we have all these stories. But it like gets less funny as you are turning into a bigger kid and then into a teenager and then into a young adult and then into a parent. Um, And I just think I wish that there wasn't such a stigma about being honest about addiction because it could be anybody. And we all go through hard things and it's so easy it's so easy to to come down on somebody who is chosen to turn out the noise in this way. But really, it's like, man, what was your life situation? What was your circumstance? And who reached out? Who helped you? Who provided any resources? We talk about addiction like it's so ugly and it's so gross. And it's how could people do this? And it's like, wow, you know... <laughs> Yeah, it could be anybody. And my whole my whole childhood and even now, I'm sure you've heard me say this a hundred times, like I know that I have an addictive personality. I know that about myself because I was first introduced to that idea, learning about addiction and then hearing the stories about these patterns that I would chase as a kid. Um, and then those naughty teen years, we'll call them those really, really fun ones. Um, But I knew going into motherhood, what I was going to do and what I wasn't going to do only because I had willingly made the choice to stay away from certain things that I knew would take me down a different path. Yeah. Um, But not everybody, not everybody has that that ability. hundred percent. And it's, it's, sad and I feel sad whenever I hear um, us talk about addiction like it's this yuck thing and how could somebody because um, I know that could have been me it could be anyone could be anybody you know it could have been me Mm -hmm. absolutely and the like what I want to set is this hard boundary and it's like you know and throughout my life I mean many people have offered my mother help but it was like I wanted, I'm in a spot now where I could, so I did. Um, me, my husband, and my uncle drove her all the way to Nebraska for to put her in a treatment center. And our mindset was if we drive her all the way to Nebraska, there's no way she can not go through with it. She's not around her friends. She's not around who she, like, she has to do it if she is states away. Mm-hmm. And so that was our mindset. We have had friends who have gone to the treatment center in Nebraska, and it's worked great for them. So we have friends and family out there who could like look out for her, take care of her too, while we were back in Indiana. So we drove out there. She was like gung-ho about it. And the minute she got there, it was like a switch flipped. Mm. She didn't want to be there anymore. She didn't want to get help anymore. She wanted to go back. And so that was hard. Um, And that was when I made the boundary. I could do everything for this woman. I could give her everything. I can give her all my money. I can give her all my resources. But until she actually commits to that change i cannot do anything Mm -hmm. and so i set that boundary hard there that's when i realized like as an adult i've tried to help and i can't 
And, you know, that was that. And so I ended up, we left her in Nebraska, but we gave her all the tools. We said, here's the phone numbers. Here's a phone. Here's where the treatment facility is. Like, go through with it. We will be up here to visit you. Like, this is your choice now. And she actually ended up having one of her friends drive up there and get her. So she never even went through with the program. And so that's where I set the hard boundary as an adult. You have to go through with this treatment center or else I can't have you in my life. <laughs> and it was a really hard, hard boundary to set. But the healthiest one. <laughs> and, you know, when you like you, I mean, you can give everything to someone who is still in active addiction. <laughs> And it won't change until they they want it to change. And that is something that I've like struggled with in my adult life because it's like I, she could come over to my house. I could we could do things together like I could help her. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want the help. I think it's hard too because um, your situation is unique because you have this perspective as a child and then you have this perspective as an adult and I'm sitting here thinking about kind of like what we talked about with the warm bath and it's like you know Nebraska probably felt like a warm bath and when you're the adult you get to say no to the warm bath and the difference is that correct adults make their own choices and children I feel like They need the guidance. They need somebody who shows up every day. Um, They need somebody who keeps offering the warm bath and whatever that thing is that is healthy and good. um, That that's our job as parents or as adults to give that to children. However, it's, it's not our job to give that to adults when they say no we also have to respect that and I think that's so tricky because it's painful and it's something that you grieve and you could want the best for someone and and love them with your whole whole heart and more and still love them with your whole heart and more but um part of the respect aspect is when somebody says no you can you say okay but I'm also saying no. Mm-hmm. And the boundary, while healthy, is painful. Um, super. Super painful. And I think it's the kind of pain that, you know, people say, oh, it gets easier with time. You're correct. You get distracted in different ways, but you still grieve the relationship that was always supposed to be there. Um And you grieve the fact that you know it could have been different, but that you have no control over that. Mm. Um, So what would you say? I I am curious to hear what you would say about as a child, um, seeing your mom go through this. And then as an adult, seeing your mom go through this, what was the point that you realized okay, I'm not supposed to be taking care of my mom. My mom's supposed to be taking care of me. When when did it make sense to you that maybe things were like a little bit backwards? Oh, gosh. Okay. So probably I would say when I was in sixth grade is when I kind of realized like, this is not right. Like, I mean, probably a little bit before that too, probably like fourth or fifth grade, really. But sixth grade is when I really got mad about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, my life should have been a different way. And I kind of, that's when I started rebelling a little bit in my mm-hmm. preteen years was because 
I realized it wasn't right and I got mad Mm -hmm. that it wasn't right. And so, obviously, those years were a little naughty for me. Um, Yeah, I love that we use the term naughty. Um, (laughs) You and I share um, those teen years, and guess what? We're successful adults. We made it. Um, We did okay, but I I can relate to that whole, it's not supposed to be this way. And I'm pissed. I'm mad about it. And... I think now, and I'm interested, to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So hear this, but then I really want to hear you. Um, that anger for me turned into this like soft hearted empathy that I feel for other people. And I'm no longer angry. It's like, how can we provide the tools or the resources or the education and the free information to help people from feeling these things or to help them when they're going through those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel motivated as an adult to say, okay, these things happen and these things happened to me and with me, but how am I going to ensure that this is not what keeps happening and that's that that rage for me ended up turning into my life will never be like this. Yeah, I'm going to make sure my life is never like this. I'm not going to fall into those same patterns. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to make that change and I'm going to make sure that my kids lives are never like this. And I always thought like, I'm going to be such a better mother to my kids than my mother was to me. Like, I obviously like I, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I have I'm going to make it my life goal to do that when I end up having kids. But then when I came here, I was like, but am I going to be a better mother than Kelly? Like, oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's too much. Yeah, that's kind of where it, it flipped for me. You know, I think, too, um, it's funny because you surround yourself with people as an adult. You get to, like, pick who you're around, you know, and you pick the situations that you're in. And when you have that control and power you usually surround yourself with people who you look up to or who you relate to or who you want to be like. And then it's like, how do we let that turn into the doubt of, am I ever going to be, you know, good enough like that? But really it's like, no, that's just going to be part of your tribe. That's going to help you when you become a mom. Um, When you're at your weakest, that will be there. And I would love to help walk you through that. But Number one, I think you give yourself some credit, but you're killing it right now. Um, You you have graduated. You are now working um, in the emergency room. Well, actually, you just say, what are you doing right now? So I'm a nurse in the emergency department and I'm still going to school. I'm continuing my education. I'm just just trying to make things happen. You know, I love helping people. And I think that rage kind of turned into me wanting to help people. And yeah. So, and, you know, I see it all the time in the ER, um, addiction, uh, overdoses, and it gives me a, you know, mental health issues obviously come in a lot. And it, it gives me a, a perspective of understanding for these people. Absolutely. And, and so I am, I feel good helping them. Yeah. You don't just talk the talk. You really do walk the walk. And I love that about you. And I love to see, um, you know, people say we love to see it, but I really do love to see you've taken this mess and you are creating something so beautiful. And 
I'm encouraged by that. And I get excited. Like, I feel so proud of you, but also I want to be like you. I love to see what you're doing. Um, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, yeah. Thank you. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on the podcast and talking about it. I love to be a, a resource and I love to share my story. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description or head over to heykellymcguire.com for the coordinating blog post packed with valuable resources. And remember to subscribe to our email list for updates and even a special downloadable freebie as a thank you. Stay tuned for new episodes dropping every Friday. Let's embrace this beautiful mess of life, find joy in the journey, and support each other along the way. Thank you for joining me, and I can't wait to connect with you again soon.